prepare to hear this word from the Lord this morning in the second letter to the Corinthians. Let's uh, prepare to hear this word through a word of prayer. Let's spend some time in prayer now. Holy God, who gives to us so graciously, who speaks to us so constantly, we pray that uh, through the word that you would share with us today, that our hearts would be receptive, that our minds would be understanding, and that we would grow in your grace. And so speak to us, so that as we grow in your grace, we may grow in our effectiveness of service. So speak to us, Lord. Make us who we need to be so that we can help your world be what you want it to be. Amen. So in the second letter to the Corinthians, you know, a couple of weeks ago we read from the letter to the Galatians. The Galatians were very different than the Corinthians. Um, the, and, and Paul's writing to each of those places was different because, you know, the Galatians were so diligent. They were trying so hard to get it right and to follow all the commandments. And even though they were Greeks, they tried to, to, to please God by taking on a Jewish lifestyle so they could be Christian because they'd been told by some folks that, that they needed to do that. And so they were trying so hard. And, and Paul said, you know, that's really not necessary. To follow Christ, you don't have to become Jewish first. You, you can be Gentile and, and follow Christ. And he said, loosen up, loosen up. It's, you know, it's just, you, you don't have to follow all those rules. Just rely on the grace and the love of God and live out that love with each other. Now, the Corinthians had the opposite problem. They were, uh, they were not good rule followers. In fact, they were just kind of loose living already. And they didn't have a lot of self-discipline, and so Paul wrote to them very differently. And he said, look, you need to get your act together here. Uh, you, need to, you need to start being more considerate of each other. You need to practice more self-discipline. You need to love each other and act out of love for each other. And, and scholars have speculated as to what might have happened if he had put those letters in the wrong envelopes and they had gone to the wrong group. And while the Galatians would have, you know, how they would have, and how the Corinthians would have just really cut loose then. But, but you know, the, the context of the letter makes all the difference in the message. And Paul's writing to the Corinthians was really about, you know, we've got to get our focus here. And in this part of the letter, he, he talks about being made new in Christ. So let's listen to the word of the Lord, beginning in the, the fifth chapter of Luke's gospel, the 17th verse. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to, to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So if anyone is in Christ, he says, 
He's made new all over again. It's a new creation in Christ. Everything has become new, he says. We are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. Do you think of yourself as an ambassador for Christ throughout the week? I mean, on Tuesday of this week, when you're going around doing your work and shopping and, and visiting with people and doing whatever you're doing, are you thinking that, hey, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for Christ here, and what I do is to relate Christ into this world in these particular situations in which I'm living? Well, I don't know whether that's a conscious part of your decision or not, but that's really what you are. We are ambassadors for Christ in the places where we live, shop, work, play. Where we go out, we are ambassadors for Christ. And you know, that means that we have to meet the world where it is. You have to talk in a language, of course, that people will understand and, and can relate to. And you have to meet people where they are and then just love them with the love of God there. And, and through that love to draw them closer to Christ. Now, as the world changes, sometimes we have to change our techniques a little bit. And this world is changing, and, and you don't have to go very far to see how this world is changing, do you? You know, this area is like, the, this is the poster child for change. I mean, you look at Katie, and this is the poster child for change, isn't it? I mean, you look around, you can't find a place where change isn't happening, I don't think. All around us, things are changing. In our neighborhoods, in downtown, you look around, change is happening all around here. When I moved here 11 years ago, one of my friends drove me around. Uh, he had pastored in this area, he knew the area, and so he was driving me around, and, and the thing he kept saying was, uh, he, he would point out a neighborhood over here and he would say, that wasn't here three years ago. And then we would drive by a shopping strip and he would say, that wasn't here three years ago. And then we would drive by another store and he would say, that wasn't here three years ago. He kept saying that over and over, enough that it really caught my attention that everything that he was pointing out wasn't here three years ago. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. A few years ago, I was driving a friend around and showing him the area, and, and I said, and what I, the word I kept hearing out of my own mouth over and over was, this wasn't here six months ago. <laughs> this subdivision wasn't here six months ago. This apartment project wasn't here. This business wasn't here. This shopping strip wasn't here six months ago. A few weeks ago, I drove down 1463, And if you live down 1463, <laughs> you know, don't you? I was driving along and I was thinking, this wasn't here three weeks ago. <laughs> the entrance into a subdivision was different. The road turned at a different place. It was different three weeks ago. Does it seem to you like change is happening faster? It's happening all around us. It's happening all the time. We're living the only constant around here is that it's always changing. And some of you are agents of that change. You're making it happen. And the thing is, with change, when change happens, you have an option. You can either embrace the change or you can resist the change. 
And when you resist the change, what happens is it happens anyway, and you're left out of it. And then after the change happens, you're left on the outside. But if you can embrace the change, you can help shape it. And that's what we as ambassadors for Christ are here to do, to help embrace the change and to shape the change that happens around us, to shape the relationships so that this place, this community continues to grow and draw people to Christ. We're sent as ambassadors for Christ. Now, in looking at the change, you know, I'm just looking at downtown. In fact, not even looking at all of downtown, Katie. Let's just look at, at these nine blocks right here around where we're sitting this morning. You know, you take these, this block right over here, this block over here, uh, where our Family Life Center is, this block over here, uh, the block next to us here, and the block we're on right now at this moment, the block over this way, and then the three blocks behind us over there. You just look at those nine blocks. Over the past, oh, maybe five years or so, I can count at least seven families that lived here that no longer live here. And of those families that have lived here and have moved away or died or whatever, but they're no longer here, there is not a single family living in their homes. They're all businesses now. There are over 11 businesses on the properties now where there were seven families. And not one of those has a family living in it now. What does that mean? And you look at all of downtown Katy and, and Fable and Don, y'all see this, y'all know. And, and, and you're free to disagree with me if you want, but, but what I'm seeing is that that's happening all over downtown. I mean, you look at from East Avenue over to Avenue D, and you look at First Street to 10th Street, isn't that kind of the boundary of downtown Katy? That's happening all over. People are moving. Jane, you see it. And when they sell their homes, they're selling to businesses. How does that change our ministry? I mean, our ministry field is changing here, isn't it? And the thing is, we can't minister here in the same way that we have ministered for decades past because our community is different now. You look at these changes. We have to always minister to the area where we are. But that brings, and that brings opportunities to us. It also brings some challenges. Our ministry is affected by that change. Well, Paul says to the Corinthians, he says that everything is made new. Well, it's all been made new around us. And he was talking about being made new creatures in Christ. And then he says we are sent as ambassadors for Christ. God makes his appeal through us. So for the past 30 years or so, this area has been changing. And, and really, this whole area for the past 30 years or so has been constantly changing. Well, change brings new opportunities, brings opportunities to share God's hope. Uh, and we, the thing is, we can't do ministry the way we did 30 years ago. Ministry 30 years ago was a lot different than it can be today. Uh, in, 30 years ago, the church was more institutional. That is, people would move into the community, and, and, you know, 30, 40 years ago, everybody that lived around here kind of oriented to downtown Katy, didn't they? 
uh, they came here to shop, and unless they made the big excursion to drive to Houston to do some shopping or go to a restaurant, and it was kind of a trip to do it then, everybody oriented to downtown Katy. Let me just ask a question. How many of you here only come to downtown Katy to come to church? If you don't shop here, live here, go to school here, or work here, how many of you only come to downtown Katy if you're coming to church? Raise them high. I want to see. Our whole choir. Look at that. It's a high percentage. So how is our ministry affected by that? Well, one thing is that, you know, church used to be institutional. That is, people came to downtown Katy, they saw the church, they wanted to come to church, they showed up, and so we tried to meet their needs. We formed ministries to, to meet their needs. Our little people's school was formed to meet the needs of, of people who were here. Now the church is more institutional, I mean, is more missional. We were more institutional then, we've gotta be more missional now. That is, people are not coming here to downtown Katy. I wonder how many of you have neighbors who have no idea there is a downtown Katy. <laughs> if you live south of the freeway, you've got neighbors who never come to downtown Katy and may not even know that it exists. Well, doing the work of God today is different than it used to be. And so being a missional church means that we take that work of God out to the places where we live and where we work, where we play, and where we go to school. We take that work out because that's where the people are. You know, Jesus didn't sit around in the temple and wait for people to come find him and then ask what their needs were. You look at the stories of Jesus. He was out in the streets. He was out where the people were taking care of their needs there. He was out in the countryside where the people were. He was out in the villages. He was walking those dusty roads. He was out in the wilderness. He was out where the people were. He wasn't waiting for people to come to him. They found him, but he was out where they were, and that was how they found him. Well, I think that's the challenge for us too now is that, that we, we are out where people are. Where you're living is where people are. And that's where our ministry happens to be. And if you look at the ministries that we are beginning around here and the ministries we've established through the last several years, they're ministries that reach out and they meet the needs of more people outside of our congregation than they do inside of our congregation. We're no longer an institutional church. We're a missional church. And you're missionaries. When you go out this week, you're a missionary, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. We've been reading this book, Remember the Future, Robert Schnazy's book. And, uh, and uh, again, he's going to be here next weekend. He's leading the workshop Saturday. And, and uh, he is uh, from 9 to 2. And, and then Sunday, he's going to be preaching here in our services. And I really hope that you're planning to be here. And if you can come to the workshop, I hope you will register so we'll uh, make sure we have enough food for you. But, uh, but he's going to be talking about 
where the church is headed. He's talking about how our society is changing and how we as a church need to be shaping our ministries so that we're reaching into the community and making a difference in this world. And then a week after that, Bishop Huey will be here and she's gonna preach uh, about how we are a missional church as well. So I really hope you're gonna be here these next two Sundays because I think that's gonna have a real impact on where we're headed as a congregation. But in his book, Bishop Snazy talks about a stream. And if you've been reading the book, perhaps you've read this one, but it, it, it's on the, in the last part of his book. He talks about a stream that's just beautiful and peaceful to watch, and you can stand on a bridge over the stream, and you can spend a long time just watching that flow of water as it peacefully rolls by. But when the rains come, and when the water rises, it doesn't look so peaceful. And in fact, when the water rises, it picks up more debris upstream and it sends it downstream. And, and in that debris, there are logs, there is stick, there is trash, there are branches. And, and when you've got a bridge that has pillars that reach down into the water, those logs and those sticks get stuck on the bridge. And you get enough of that trash and all that debris piled up together, it creates a log jam. And a log jam can cause the water pressure to build up back behind it. It can, it can cause the flooding back behind the log jam. And if there is enough pressure against that log jam, it can threaten the bridge itself. But what he says is, in the church, if we keep doing things the way we used to do them, and if we do things that, in ways that used to meet needs, but those needs have changed and they no longer meet those needs anymore, then they can become like a log jam in the life of the church. And they can back up the energy. They can back up the life and the health of the church. And so the way you clear that log jam is you have to evaluate those ministries and evaluate the needs that they're meeting. And then you determine which logs need to be cleared away and which ones need to just be adjusted to meet new needs. Well, clearing away that log jam means sometimes we find new ways of reaching people. And, and it might be developing new ministries that give people hope, and acceptance. It might be reworking ministries that we've already got so that they meet new needs as well. But it will always, it will always cause us to look outside of ourselves, outside to the needs of people in the community around us. And that's why so many of our new ministries are designed not to meet our needs, but to meet the needs of others. And as we meet the needs of others, we're meeting a need within ourselves as well. Bishop Snazy ends his book saying, somewhere out there, there is a person God plans to use you to reach. Somewhere out there, there is a person God will use to change your life 
as you reach them. Somewhere out there is a person for whom Christ died and for whom your church was built and for whom God has uniquely prepared you to reach. We're ambassadors for Christ. Sent into the world we live in to help shape this world with the love of God as we love people. And as we receive communion this morning, may we be filled with that presence of Christ, that presence that is our life, so that as we go out, it will be Christ living through us. Christ invites to his table all who love him. Doesn't matter whether you're a member of this church or of any church at all. Christ invites you to the relationship that we share here, and he offers that relationship to us. And so if you would receive that relationship today, that relationship in which he pours his love out for us through his body, through his blood, then feel welcome to come. Receive that gift of Christ in your life today that we may go out to be Christ's presence in this world. Part of our preparation is our own confession as to how we have fallen short and we seek God's presence that God might forgive us and enable us to move forward full of his spirit. And so let us pray together now the prayer of confession. O oh God, searcher of all our hearts, you have formed us as a people and claimed us for your own as we prepare to celebrate the gift of yourself which you offer in communion, reveal any reluctance or falsehood within us, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. In all your presence and grace, let your Spirit receive us in mercy that we may perfectly love you and live to honor your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear these words of hope that Christ came into this world to bring salvation, to bring peace, to bring promise. And Christ offers that forgiveness to us that enables us to be his, Christ, his presence in this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory be to God. Amen.